Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to Season 4 of Living the Sky Life. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guests today, Sally and Mark Lyons, live in Hutto, Texas with their 25-year-old son, Samuel, who is on the autism spectrum. Sally and Mark are both retired teachers. Worried about the uncertain future for their son due to limited employment opportunities and minimal options for adult-level programming for those with autism, Mark and Sally started the company Sammy Socks. Their hope is for the business to continue well beyond their lives to support Samuel throughout adulthood. This episode is being brought to you by Mia Via Toys, a brand dedicated to creating toys and learning aids for kids with autism, special needs, and other developmental challenges. I have a handful of Mia Via Toys that Skylar truly loves. Our newest addition is Baby Squiggly, the Little Octopus, and also the Domino Wall. They are really amazing products, and I highly encourage you to check them out. You can go to miaviatoys.com, that's M-E-A-V-I-A-T-O-Y-S.com, and use promo code SKYLIFE15 to receive 15% off your first order. That's S-K-Y-L-I-F-E-1-5. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I have the pleasure of talking to a husband and wife parenting team, Mark and Sally Lyons. So thank you, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, where are you guys located? What state are you in? We are in Texas. Texas. Okay. That will be important when we talk about resources later <laughs> because mm -hmm. I keep finding that states all over are so different with yes. what they offer adults. But um, before we get to all of that, um, I want to talk a little bit about your business and your son and your family. Um, so you have a son, Samuel, who is newly 25 and is on the autism spectrum. So can you tell us a little bit about your family dynamic and your journey into the world of autism? Um, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the question. I was that's okay. writing down who won. The price is right is important. We will talk about that for sure. <laughs> um, I was just wondering, you know, if you could just tell us a little bit about your family dynamic and just kind of how the world of autism entered, entered your life. Well, there's just the three of us at, okay. at this point. Uh, Mark has three children that are older, quite a bit older than Samuel. And um, Samuel was a difficult pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, we had a hard time conceiving and we'd been married five years before it happened. And we had done everything, including in vitro. 
and nothing worked. And I got pregnant like two months after we did the in vitro and it didn't work. And um, so, you know, he was born and they made me give him a hepatitis shot right at, they told me I couldn't leave the hospital unless he had the hepatitis shot, which is not true. Um, yeah. I could, I could have, you know, denied it and gone taken him home. Um, that's the one I think that did the most damage. Um, you know, they're, they're preconceived to have it. And I think that the, the inoculations kind of push whatever it is that they have inside them that causes autism, that causes it to start up and the cells go to the wrong places in the brain. Um, but at three months, I started noticing um, some little weird things that he would do. Uh, we were, he loved his changing table and it was always a thing we could calm him down with if he was mad. I had a little black and white quilt um, tacked to the wall. And if he got too excited or if he was grumpy, um, you could lay him down there and he would look at that quilt and he mm -hmm. would right back down. And he, um, I guess he watched TV from there because we had the TV where you could see it from his changing table. And oftentimes Mark would just stand there at the changing table with him, you know, mm -hmm. while he just enjoyed life. <laughs> he was always happiest there. Um, he did like his little uh, twirly thing in his, in his crib and he wanted to keep that for, yeah, well, we still have it somewhere. <laughs> and he, every once in a while, he'll ask where it's at. And I have no idea, but uh, um, he'll say, well, can you buy me a new one? And I'm thinking, no, they don't make those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't, but do they? Especially he the remembers ones. everything he has. Um, oh, that's neat. He has an inventory. And the, the, the bad thing about it is we won't know where it's at, but he'll remember that he's got it somewhere. You know, mm -hmm. last night he wanted a, a cassette recorder. Um, it was a Fisher Price one. And, you know, it had a microphone and it could change your voice. And it's in his room somewhere. I don't know where. Um, we've got lots of bins with toys in them. It could be in one of those. And, you know, Mark was looking for it last night, trying to, you know, tearing stuff up in his room, trying to find it. We never were able to find it. But um, if he has an inventory of his things, does he know if you guys move something or if something's out of place, like in his room? He or? does know, notice when things are not where they should be. <laughs> um, one, one day I wanted to change the pictures on the wall. And so I changed them all and I went away for a bit. And this, he was small when this happened, maybe four. And um, I came back and all the pictures were where, back where they were supposed to be. <laughs> So I don't know how he got up there to change them, but he did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I went, did you do this? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Now is he, um, with, with regard to communication is, has he always been able to communicate to you guys what he wants? Um, or did he struggle with communication? Well, I became a very good mind reader. Um, okay. <laughs> he had his own little language for a while and he really didn't start conversing with me until he was about six. Um, he was four years old and really wasn't too communic 
communicative. Mm-hmm. Um, he would uh, point a lot and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and I would figure out what, even now he go, he'll say, he wants something. I'll go, well, where is it? He'll say where I'm pointing, you know, and he's pointing <laughs> just in general. <laughs> the fact that he can tell you like, look where I'm pointing. He couldn't he had just a, tell you what it is that he wants. He had oh, a that's funny. sore neck and I was asking him where it was. And he, he goes, where I'm pointing, <laughs> so, oh. we'll touch it <laughs> so I can put something on it. And it, that was a big fight yesterday is that he didn't want to put anything on it. Um, mainly because I would have to touch him and he doesn't mm-hmm. like to be touched, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, at, at three months, you know, he would get real excited and he would, we'd have him on the changing table and he would go look at turn and look at his, uh, little black and white quilt and he would, um, calm down mm-hmm. immediately after he saw it and then turn and look back at you to go ahead and play, you know, peekaboo or whatever you were playing with him that overstimulated him. And, um, in the bath, we had this little bathtub that sat in the sink mm-hmm. and, um, it was just like a chair and you could put the water in it and he could splash in the water and everything Well, he would, um, he would stem by, you know, doing, throwing his back up against the chair. That's I mean, what Skylar does in the car. Part of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have movies of him doing that. And he was probably, you think he was seven or eight months old then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about that time. And uh, does he still rock like that? Mm-hmm. He will. Like sitting mm-hmm. up, yeah. He used Skylar to flap. does it in the car. He does it mm-hmm. on the couch sometimes. Yep. He did this a lot. And he would he would actually make his shoulders red when he, he would tap at his shoulders because mm-hmm. he would just whack them you know yeah especially if it's outside in the water he loved being in the water still does and he would just you know whack himself silly and he doesn't do it so much now he'll he tries to hit his head which oh. we try to discourage him you can't do that you can't hit your head um but he'll hit his thighs you know whenever Usually whenever he's making, um, he's vocalizing, he does a lot of vocalization, you know, where it, when it's, especially when he's happy, you know, ah, ah, ah. Oh, <laughs> and he hits along with it. Yeah. Does he right. do both legs or like Skylar mm-hmm. favors yes. his, his right leg. So and they call it at his school SIB or self-injurious behavior. It's not really injuring him. It just gets red, but he just repeatedly smacks his leg. He could be laughing. He could be upset. Mm-hmm. He just, that, that stem calms him i guess or just i don't know if it's the stimulation on those on their hands that they like the feeling of that or why they keep redoing it but he swears that it doesn't hurt when he hits his head but it sounds bad oh it's just hard to watch too i'm sure he'll put his hands together like this and just oh that's almost like it's always right there in the center right of his forehead oh man but uh was he I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, he doesn't do it as much as he used to. Do you think he's aged kind of out of that form of kind of no. release? No, <laughs> I think he's probably going to always do that when he's upset. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his upset behavior. Um, my sisters will hear him in the other room. They'll be here and um, they'll say, is he okay? And I'm, oh, yeah, that's, his, that's a happy noise. I know a distress mm-hmm. noise when I hear it. And, um, but that's usually when he's, when they're here, you know, he's happy they're here. So he's making noises. 
Mm -hmm. And, um, but he's got a huge vocabulary, uh, now, and he likes to know big, nice. He likes to know big words. Um, he's like my mother in that way. (laughs) My mother always wanted people to think that she was super intelligent. So she would use the biggest words that she would know. And, um, I'll use something on him and he'll, well, I told him the other day he was being a nuisance. He goes, that's a new word. What does that mean? (laughs) And I said, it means you're bothering me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, can he go and look things up? Like, does he like to read? Does he like look up words in the dictionary? He doesn't doesn't like to, but he can read. He reads more than we think he does. Um, He's got a state capital no, it's it's just mm-hmm. a state book of all the states, and he reads that all the time, mm-hmm. and he can tell you little big bits and pieces about all the states, you know, and it'll, it'll come up at weird times, and um, so I know he's reading that, mm-hmm. and, and I know he's reading stuff off of the internet because he'll come up with things that. You know, I don't, he found a video of my sister's house where she took a, it, it was a rainstorm and she took a picture, she took a movie of it and there was a lot of thunder and lightning and he found it. I don't know how he found it, um, but he came and said, is this Aunt Susan's house? And I walked in and I looked and I said, well, yeah, it is. How did you get there? And of course he says, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and he knows exactly how he got there. He just didn't want to tell me. Um, but I think, you know, he reads stuff like that. He can read anything to do with the prices, right? He has a book mm-hmm. called come on down. I think he's read it from cover to cover because, you know, it's all, of, it's all about the prices, right? Mm-hmm. What, you know, how things that happened and he can tell you the dates of things and when they happened. Um, we just found out recently that he can, uh, you give him a date usually it has to be after he was born, but he's done some of them before he was born and ask him what day of the week it is. And he can tell you, and he's a hundred percent right. Wow. Just, I know it's just fascinating. And, um, cause I'll check with, with, uh, Alexa. Mm-hmm. And she, in fact, Alexa just woke up because I said her name. I know. Her I name. was like, ah, I wouldn't say it out loud. <laughs> make up another name. But when I check out, check with her, she's, he's always right. And we just discovered that on this last trip that we took to New York and New York's a whole nother story. And I'm doing all the talking. I'm trying to get Mark to open up, but you know, he's, Oh, I'll ask him some questions. (laughs) Um, what you had mentioned, I just want to talk about this now because you were just talking about it before we started recording. Um, I I'm still fascinated by, um, his avoidance of like unpredictability and like not wanting to, partaking something that he doesn't know the outcome of. And so you were telling me the price is right is currently on um, while we're recording and that you pre-watch the show ahead of him. Do you tape them? You record them for him? No, or? Um, we, okay. we don't have to anymore really um, because you can get it pretty much at cbs.com or gotcha. Paramount plus. And we have all of those because he likes, he also is crazy about America's funniest home videos. Okay. And um, those are called all kinds of grief. (laughs) Well, so how does the process work? So, you know, he loves The Price is Right. He loves that show. Um, 
And so you were, you were taking notes when we started um, on the show. So what is a typical routine of that for you guys, for him and you? I'll watch the show. I write mm-hmm. down the names of the games, what was, um, what the prize was and whether or not they lost or won. And now some of the games I have to go be more specific, um, which ones the money game is one that he has to, he has five to know price, the front numbers prices, and the back number five, five price, price tags. He needs to know because yeah. it has something to do with the reveal. Um, his favorite, he has a love hate relationship with half off. And I think it's because at the very end, there's a big reveal, whether there's money in the box or not. Right. And he gets upset if there's money in the box. I don't know why, but he doesn't like that. And he'd much prefer the person to lose. <laughs> uh. And um, that's the only one that he does that with. Uh, but if it has any kind of a reveal at the end of the game, he's, he, you know, he likes that game because for some reason he likes that reveal and he, he plays revealing, you know, in he'll just, he'll, he'll relive it or he'll um, act it out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done that a lot. He um, he'll act out things and we don't know he's doing it until we really start listening to him because he doesn't want right. us to be in the same room. And um, we do have a, a baby monitor that we keep in his room so that we mm-hmm. can hear him and not have to be screaming through the walls. Um, because and he likes everything to be repeated twice so that that's a nuisance ocd behaviors yeah it sounds like it so will you then tell him before he sits down to watch the show like these are all of the things these are all the outcomes so he's not surprised by anything he knows who's gonna lose he knows who's gonna win the showcase and as soon as 11 o'clock comes around he says what were the names of the games so i go into the hallway turn on the light i read him the names of the games and we keep a, a screen up between his room and the rest of the house because he doesn't like the cat. And um, we have a cat. We have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we have to keep them separated. And the cat, unfortunately, has a loud meow. Uh-huh. We have one and, too that does that. <laughs> Super loud. I didn't think it was going to be that way when we got him. I mean, I didn't have really know anything about the cat, just that he was, didn't have a home and, you know, his owner was in the process of being in hospice. And so they had to find a place for the cat. And my niece happens to be a nurse practitioner and she knew I wanted one. She said, I have a cat that you could take here. And I said, well, okay. So she brought him to me and, and we had no idea that his meow was so loud. And so he'll meow. And then Samuel said, the cat's meowing. And we go, yes, we know. We heard him. And then he'll meow back at the cat. So they're meowing at each other, you know, and I'm telling him, if you will stop doing that, the cat won't meow. And I said, and a lot of times you're just being noisy. So he wants to know what's going on. And I said, if you wouldn't be noisy, he wouldn't know that you're there. Do you ever sit and think sometimes like the conversations that you have in your house, like if anyone outside just walked in and heard this going on, I mean, I feel like we live in a, a Looney Tunes mm-hmm. sometimes because uh, the cartoon episodes, because it's just nuts. Yep. The things that oh, we yeah. are talking about. I want about. to write a sitcom because 
<laughs> our whole life, my whole life has been nutty. His was, his was a lot more tamer than mine was. <laughs> but you uh, balance each other out. Yeah. Well, so when, um, was, was Samuel a preemie or was he born on time? Oh, and he was actually 10 days late. Oh, okay. He weighed 10 pounds and one ounce. Um, I was not able to have him, uh, normally, um, mm -hmm. we had to do a C-section because I got to six centimeters and wouldn't go any farther. Yeah. And, um, big boy too. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept telling him you could have taken him at five o'clock this morning when you gave me the epidural, you know, yeah. you made me wait till two in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. Well, when, so when did you guys officially get his diagnosis? When did you know, just through watching him through his toddler years, did you know something was a little off or did you? Yeah. He would, he would flap escalators uh -huh. and elevators mm -hmm. and so I, we took him at four years old to a, okay. I don't remember what the doctors, the doctor in Austin and I think his name is Kerr. Saw him for fifteen minutes and said, "Yeah, PD, PD and NOS. Yep, we got the same thing. And he never said the word autism ever. And I got home and this was when the internet had, you know, people were just getting used to the internet. And we had a computer and we were hooked up. And so we had to listen to the yeah, AOL dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aging myself. And I started looking up stuff and everything said autism. And mm -hmm. I should have known. I was a speech therapist back when I first got out of college. And um, I knew what to look for. I knew what it looked like. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to admit that that's what this was because my nephew um, Jeremy, who looks exactly like Samuel, by the way, they, they could be brothers. They look so much alike. Um, he, uh, he flapped, mm -hmm. he liked stuff. Um, but he was, he was highly, he had a huge vocabulary by the time he was two years old. And, um, and even before that, and people would just um, be amazed at Jeremy because he could just say anything at and he looked young, you know, mm -hmm. so he could, they would say, how old is that baby? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, he's 18 months, you know, cause he could say, well, I don't want that t-shirt. I want this one with the four wheeler on it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, he could pick out his own clothes and everything at that age. And, and, um, so he, he flapped at the Muppet show. He loved the Muppet show. Mm -hmm. And so he'd sit on the floor and flap at that when that came on every, every week. And so I was thinking to myself, oh, that's not, that's not that weird that he flaps all the time. And um, I was substituting at the school in the, um, what's it called? The P? I don't know. You're substituting. It, it was in the classroom <laughs> where most of the autistic children were. Mm -hmm. um, I can't, they had a acronym for it and I can't remember what it was. But um, he, uh, there was a boy in there named, um, I don't remember his name now. Uh, he, I kept watching him and he, the, everything was so familiar. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm looking at him going, oh, Samuel does that. Samuel does that. Samuel does that. And that's what made us, you know, finally say, we got to have him checked out. Mm -hmm. and see what's going on with him because he looks so much like this little boy and 
Unfortunately, that little boy passed away when he was 10. Oh, he cool. had leukemia and they didn't diagnose it properly. And they gave him the wrong drugs oh, and no. it just lowered his um, immune system so badly mm-hmm. that he just couldn't come back from it. Um, but uh, I always thank that little boy because he's the one that made me see mm-hmm. it. And, um, and uh, we started him as soon as we could on speech therapy and, and occupational therapy. To the public mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Was that, that's nice that wasn't first. Wasn't it? No, well, we, we went, we went, no, he went to Revis first. Oh. And um, he went for four hours a week, I think. Was it four hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went twice a week and two hours a time so four hours a week and I would sit in the waiting room and just wait for him you know because there wasn't much else I could do at that mm-hmm. point right <laughs> because um you know he needed his therapy and uh and then we heard about the waiting lists yeah somebody told me said you know you need to get on the waiting list at Blue Bonnet and then it was called Blue Bonnet MHMR I think is what mm-hmm. it was called and I said what list and it says well it's to help him when he gets older, you know, it's said so there's a huge long waiting list. And is it a waiver? Your waiver? For yeah. Right. Area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waiver gotcha. program. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it, I put him on it when he was four mm-hmm. and he was 18 before he ever got to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's Texas one of the longest waits I've heard. Texas yeah. has really, 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 really long waiting lists. Yeah. And wow. um, he did have some other things that, that he qualified for, um, we were able to get uh, therapeutic riding mm-hmm. and Blue Bonnet paid for it um, at the beginning, they did. And then he got too old for it, I think. And they, they quit paying for it or he started school mm-hmm. and he got to be school age, but I homeschooled him because um, I was afraid nobody would have the patience to teach him to read. And I really wanted him to be able to read because, you know, you that's a pretty good skill all the way around. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so uh, they did a, a dog and pony dance trying to get me to put him in uh, public school. But, you know, I said, no, we've decided, but I've got, I'm a certified teacher. So mm-hmm. I had been teaching up until the time he was one and a half. And um, he, he was difficult to teach. I mean, he had, you had to constantly redirect him because he was, he was so distractible. Mm-hmm. And we used to build things to try to keep him have the least amount of exposure. <laughs> oh, we do the same. We do the same. We, we built move up bar stools around. Yep. Yep. It was all blue and it was just, there was nothing in there, but the PVC mm-hmm. pipe and the curtains. And that's where we would have our classes. And, um, and that what we did that for a while. And then the PVC pipe all started to fall apart because he was always messing with it. And yeah. <laughs> he did go to uh, preschool. That's two that was at a, it was a private one. Yeah. Yeah. When he was what, four and five, five and or five six. and six. Yeah. He yeah. was there for his kindergarten year. I, I, homeschooled him in kindergarten and then we took him I wanted him to have another year of that kind of a group and um 
he did really well, but he would always sit on the outside. Yeah, they take group pictures and everybody's together. And there's Samuel over here on the edge, away from <laughs> Yeah, and he um, he would sit at the table when everybody was having floor time. And she homeschooled until he was in what, seventh grade. And then we seventh grade public school. He quit listening to me at seventh yeah. grade. <laughs> well, it's a huge yeah. undertaking to be mom and therapist and teacher and all the things. They don't sometimes they just don't want us to do all of that. So yeah. I mean, I kind of get why he would rebel, but it's it never makes it easy. How did he transition into public school? Did he do okay with peers around, or he just well, really his first preferred... year was horrible. Oh, I bet it's <laughs> a it's a huge transition. Um, his teacher was on the spectrum and shouldn't have been teaching the life skills class because he wasn't organized enough, and the classroom was just chaotic all day mm. long. And, you know, Samuel can't hack that kind of stuff. And then they they got a, a kid in there with the same name. You know, his name was Sam. And he was referred to as Little Sam. Well, from that point on, Samuel didn't want to be called Sam anymore. He wanted to be called Samuel. And um, so, eight, you know, eight, well, it wasn't 18 years, but it was a lot of years. <laughs> we called him just plain Sam. And now all of a sudden he wanted us to change and he would get mad if we didn't remember. And um, so he uh, he spent the whole year in the teacher's office with the door shut, sitting on, the, sitting on the computer. And I thought, well, he could do that at home, you know, and not near be near as stressed. Well, the next year I talked to the special ed teacher, the regular special ed teacher, and her name, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say names, yeah. um, but she he blossomed under her and of course it kind of started a, a war between the the teacher he had and and her and she kind of got the raw end of the deal because they fired her and moved her to an elementary school which is not what she wanted she wanted middle school and high school and I wish they had just moved her up to high school because she he I mean, she got him to ride the bus of all things, mm -hmm. you know, actually to get on the bus with other kids, sit down, put a seatbelt on and ride the bus. And he looked forward to the bus. He enjoyed it. And um, they always brought him home last. <laughs> so he got a nice long bus ride mm -hmm. and he still likes to drive in the car all the time. Mark takes him out pretty much nearly every night to mm -hmm. drive around and different places, you know, and look at stuff. He doesn't want to get out. He just wants to travel. <laughs> well, Mark, you kind of talked a little bit um, earlier and in, in your message to me about just, you know, adult resources and things like that. What is, what is there for Samuel to do now that he's 25 and he's, you know, are there day programs? Are there, is there anything, you know, for him to do as an adult? We have, uh, well, the, Blue Bonnet Trail Community Services, they have a day hab, but it's just full of people. It would, you know, would be free for Samuel, but he wouldn't be able to handle it. Uh, mm -hmm. He did go to, uh, a couple of years ago, he went to another day hab. Again, that was free through his waivers and stuff, but he just kind of sat in the corner and they didn't do much with him. And then um, there's a place in Georgetown called Big, but you have to pay for that. And they're quite expensive. Um, and so they recently started a residential program, but still we can't afford that. So we found a couple of years ago, we found a, it's called United Partners. It's in Pflugerville. It's about nine miles away from our home. And um, 
it's a paid for program doesn't insurance doesn't cover it or anything but it's low enough that we can afford that so he goes there a couple of days a week he does he complains about going but once he's there he loves it but um and they love him two different people mm -hmm. home, you know, Aww, yeah. other people dr he, jekyll and he, mr he hyde does well but, <laughs> you know but they they've done really well they're they started with the church from a church group and so they are faith-based but he goes there a couple of days a week and they have what are called partners um so that's available um he went to the 18 plus program in the public school of course when you graduate when you're 22 mm -hmm. A lot of stuff stops so and again yeah. that's one of the reasons why we started the business but there's not you know a lot of there is one here in Hutto places around we've heard yeah. about but um he wouldn't want to go there because one of the kids that's there is a friend of mine's son and Samuel went to Boy Scouts with him and for some reason he doesn't want to see Jimmy anymore so <laughs> so so as far as like um residential options and things like that. I mean, besides, it sounds like the scarcity of them, which is the same thing we have here. Um, are there wait lists and long, long lists for that as well to get uh -huh. into a place that's funded through the yeah. waiver or through services? Yeah. United Partners um, has a list now, a waiting list, and they try to keep it small, which is, mm -hmm. is good for Samuel because then he doesn't have so many people to worry about, but he always finds somebody to worry about you know, they, everywhere he goes. Um, in this case, one of the boys there, um, he, when he stems, he walks around. And that just freaks him out because he'll, Claudio's real quiet and he can show up behind him real quick and without him knowing it. Mm -hmm. And that freaks him out. But um, mm -hmm. they try to keep, you know, the two of them apart as much as possible. But they're trying to, you know, get Samuel used to it and saying, you know, it's he's here and you're here and he's going to be here and you're going to be here. So you're going to have to learn to live with this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is a very, very good place. It's the best place we've found so far that we can afford. Big mm -hmm. and scary is it's very nice. They have a huge facility. Um, and we looked at it. We took Samuel to to uh look at the program mm -hmm. and the only problem that i had with it is that their halls were very small and anytime there was a transition it was pretty chaotic when they would have to go from one room to another and um and he doesn't like transitions at all you know that's when he always acts up is when he comes in from the car when he gets into the car um if somebody comes over, you know, that's a transition and he has to move from one room to another. Mm -hmm. you know, he's gotten real good at doing his own thing now. Whenever he wants to go to his room to go to bed, he'll take all of his stuff in there with him. Used to, it was, we had to do it. He's gotten real good at doing it himself. Everything's on a cart. He pulls the cart into the room with him and it's videos, you know, a mm -hmm. cart full of videos and DVDs. And he'll lay there in bed and watch on his DVD player with the sound down, never with the sound up. Usually he has the things playing all at the same time. Um, Tape recorders, stuff he's recorded on the phone, DVD player, and, and the, the television. VHS, like four or five things at once. Mm. Well, now I'm, I'm assuming by what you're saying that um, can he have an independent life outside of you guys? I mean, 
would he ever be able to be in an apartment with other people with maybe some assistance, you know, coming in and checking on them or probably is that not? not. Okay. Probably not. He's just. Well, he has some issues with them. Um, going to the bathroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Skylar's not toilet trained. So yeah. what we run into a lot of times is if there is a placement, which there isn't, but for day programs or things like that, you know, that's usually one of the first things that kicks us out because they're like, we don't have the staff to support, you know, taking him to the bathroom and checking him and changing him and things like that. In addition to him not, you know, being nonverbal. Mm -hmm. So it just seems like even within the system of lists and, and waiting and all of that, yep. then we have another category that we mm -hmm. aren't privy to acceptance yep. in places because he's discriminated against really, because they yep. don't have the services and the, you know, to supply mm -hmm. for us. So families like ours are, you know, even ostracized further in the community that we're a part of yeah. because we can't get past some of those other, you know, red tape things to get wow. him placed. So I just wondered if you guys have, if you have support of family and other people around. So, um, you know, if something were to happen to you guys, what, it, what is the plan? What do you think you would do or where would he go to live and who would care for him? Well, my niece is his mm -hmm. guardian. She she is um, will be his guardian. will be his guardian yeah. when we're gone. Um, she's the one that's a nurse practitioner. Um, I would think she'd probably be able to find him mm -hmm. a place or a companion. I think a companion would be best for him because then he would be able to stay where where he was used to. Right. Um, in a perfect world, I would like for the three of us to go to assisted living and him just to stay on. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I think that's on. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. A, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's prohibitively expensive. And we have a trust set up for him called a special mm -hmm. trust. It's got $10 in it right now. <laughs> um, and I have, we have as much life insurance as we can afford. So right. if we outlive the life insurance, Mm -hmm. Which kind of looks like what's that's what's going to happen. We don't know, you know, um, best laid plans don't always work out. So mine's up right. at 65 and that's just a couple of years away. And yeah, I mean, it's a heavy question and it's actually at the very forefront of my mind. I just left his um, case, his annual case meeting with our case manager for his waiver and all of his stuff. And she said that um, his file was recently audited by her manager um, and they noticed on there that there's no emergency plan. And I'm like, I, I mean, I, I just been waiting for her to ask me this question. And I'm like, I don't have an answer for you. I don't have any family here. I mean, my niece also is somebody that I'm looking at my daughter possibly, but I'm not ready to, I, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that question. And that's more frightening to me than having it all laid out because like you said, you know, plans don't always happen the way that you lay them out, but I don't even have a plan. And I feel so irresponsible as his mother to not like have it all planned. But I, I, I really have no idea of who to call or what to do. His oldest, Are you he doesn't know this, but um, we <laughs> were at a function for his granddaughter and he wasn't there. Um, they let me go this time. It was her dance recital. And I was sitting next to his oldest son and I just said to him, I said, Aaron, uh, you know, we've put down the guardian as Jennifer. I said, but look in on him, you know, make sure that they're doing mm -hmm. what we wanted them to do. Um, you know, my sister always says, you know, don't worry about it. They're going to do what 
you know, Jennifer's very, very organized. Um, she happens to be going through a divorce right now and Samuel's fixating on that. Um, because, you know, dad's divorced. He's been asking a lot about that. And um, he was at their, he was in their wedding <laughs> 10, 12 years ago and he was the ring bearer. Um, I had to walk him down the aisle, but mm -hmm. <laughs> he did do it. He put on the tuxedo and, and did walk down the aisle um, complaining about somebody's going to touch him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you're saying. I mean, you want to make sure that people are good to him, even if they're not family, like the people at the facility where he lives or whatever it is, you pray and you hope that people yeah. are going to be kind and they're not going to, you know, be abusive mm -hmm. or mean to him. I mean, that's something I'll always worry about. I think even yeah. if he had here to do anything you know, about it, teacher at high school, whenever he was in the life skills class, I thought she was unnecessarily mean to him. And she was probably taking out on me because I'm a helicopter mom. And, you know, she did something I didn't like. I told her, you know, mm -hmm. I don't like that. And she would come back with, oh, well, he's going to have to get used to it. You know, I get so tired of that. He's going to yeah. have to get used to it. And I'm going, well, you know, do you have to get used to things that you don't like? Yeah. No, you just cut them out of your life. It's what you do because that's what people do. Yeah. And people said, just expect our kids to be accommodating <laughs> and to, to bend. Yeah. Well, so Mark, you know, obviously talking about money makes me ask the question, like what came, how did the Sammy Socks business? Cause I want to talk about that. How did that come to be? First of all, the product, like, is he, does he like socks a lot or like, I mean, how did that come up really and what is your business that. idea well, your mission getting, and your vision i love so he's getting closer to graduating and we were worried mm -hmm. about you know finances and stuff like that and i was getting closer to retiring or actually retired um we were thinking about you know getting enough money for him and for us to be able to have him live and so i first thought about him having to make stuff you know and then we could sell that and then that was right. started to be you know that's a time consuming and Mm -hmm. It took a while. So uh, actually her niece is the one that mentioned there's another company out there that sells socks. And so we decided to we'll look into socks. So mm -hmm. you know, it's something that um, it's, it doesn't take up a lot of room to have inventory and uh, we could afford it right off the bat to start with. And so, um, so that's what we started to do. Mm -hmm. And how does he help you guys with the, the business? Does he um, help package them when you sell them? Does he, he does that come up with uh, ideas for you? We over since the course of this, you know, we started in 2020 September, of course, during the pandemic, but we're not hugely busy very much. But what mm -hmm. he does is we have a it's an information baggie. It has um, an information postcard. It has our mission and business statement. It tells about what we do. It has um, a discount coupon, some candy. Um, we have what's called Sammy Sayings different things that Sandy has said over the course of his life, like it's taking too long or I want the day to be over. We put that on a piece of paper and, and, and we're going to start selling t-shirts with Sammy Sayings on them too, through the website. Oh, but, neat. Um, then we have um, poems um, written by me. He always has her. to mention the poems. They're, they're awful. That's nice. They're wonderful. Awful, little, awful, awful nice touch. Awful good, poetry. Very well written poems. Um, oh, so bad. <laughs> won many self-awarded awards um but yeah, he helps he with that on his computer <laughs> he's put he puts the, some of the orders together he'll put the socks together he'll pick out the okay. socks we need that to take place and so he does that a lot 
He does the mm-hmm. commercials too. Yeah, I've seen some of your media. your Instagram ads, yeah, and stuff. Um, well, it's nice because I've talked to so many parents who have done just that. They've started a business um for the intention of their you know children for the future. Um, and it's nice because I mean we've got everything from stickers, um, the sticker spectrum family. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with them, I and um, them of course, yeah. yeah, of course, Jackie, um, and Jordan, um, from Jordan Summer Shirt Project. Their be kind to everyone shirts have just massively taken off, but it's nice to see Jordan loving to fold the shirts and she wraps the the band around them and mm-hmm. helps package them. And it just gives our kids a sense of purpose because nobody's hiring, yeah. even if they're skilled, it's just hard to find a job shadow or someone to, to accompany them at a, at a workplace and be given a yep. chance. And it's so frustrating yep. for people who want to work. And they can't find anything. There's to a do. few places so. around here um, that the the 18 plus uses. H E B is a grocery store in mm-hmm. this area of the woods, and um, they will hire people with special needs and um, Holiday Inn, the ones specifically the one here where we live. Um, they will hire people to work in the laundry room. Oh, nice! And uh, those are the Oh, there was the, there was a dog grooming place that Samuel used to go dust the dog, (laughs) the dog cages and which he hated because there were always animals all around and he's not an animal person. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good fit. (laughs) Um, well, one of the things I noticed on your website too, um, for Sammy socks is how much you guys give back, um, in donations and in just product and all the things. So, um, kind of what started that? addition to your to your business model uh just you know idea of being able to give back so that you mm-hmm. know, people buy the socks it's not just getting the socks but they're also helping other people in the community as well actually uh, so we kind give, of bombas is we what give, mm-hmm, we yeah, give yeah i love that company. to united partners uh and we give socks to it's called the hope alliance of in round rock texas it's a shelter for uh women with uh, family violence and children, uh, mm-hmm. they always need socks. Um, and then we have a program where if the customer wants to buy socks, basically for a dollar, which is what it costs us, and then we'll donate the socks. The customer never sees it, but we donate the socks to the Hope Alliance as well. There's several socks that they can, they can purchase that will give some a dollar to the Texas Autism Society, or it's an organization in Texas called Texas Parent to Parent. They've helped us with a lot of questions we've had yeah. as Sammy was growing up and looking for different ways to get help. And so they're a, an agency that helped us. So we donate money to them and people buy certain socks. So, and um, uh, just starting this out, but I also would like to give presentations about um, the employment problem that mm-hmm. people with autism have, specifically autism, and also the housing difficulty people with autism have, specifically people with autism. So that's, I've done a few, um, public comments at some of the local city governments and I'm trying to work on doing more of those and uh, through the Chamber of Commerce maybe do some work with that too as well so yeah I I I love that and you know what's sad is it just it feels like the world shockingly does not realize this I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with people that I work with just people outside of this autism bubble that we live in that don't realize that services end at 22 Mm -hmm. they don't like they have no idea. They're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, that's the magic question. I don't know. We don't have day programs. We don't have 
you know, group no homes or things. For it's an just, adult there's nothing. No, autism. it's so We've hard. Tried that. Yeah. Yeah. There's the services no. all end. And I don't think people understand the gravity of what that means. Like they think it's just at 22, our kids know not, they're not kids anymore, but they no longer need anything. Yeah. They don't need therapies. They don't need support. They don't need money and resources. They need it 10 times as much as they did when they were little. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just, it is my soapbox. And it's so frustrating that it's parents like us who are the ones who have to meet with our local legislators and Congress people and make a difference when we're busy as it is right. <laughs> like trying to help our kids thrive each day mm -hmm. that on top of everything else, we are the ones that have to educate the world and build these. I mean, I've tons of friends and acquaintances who have built group homes and however gotten the funding, you know, set up nonprofits to do that, to build a place for their own children to live in. Right. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I seriously, it's not being done for them. You know, well, we the, just don't have the, the resources for that. United Partners, the lady who started United Partners, her son has um, brittle bone disease, and um, she was she had him at Big in Georgetown, and it just got too expensive for her, and she was talking to um, one of the pastors at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in in Pflugerville, and. The pastor just said to her, why can't we do the same thing? You know, we can start here in the church. That's where they started. They started in a church. And um, and that's how they did. <laughs> and she said "We they never knew where the money was coming from. Um, but they were able to buy the house uh, that, they, that they currently use. And it's right behind the store where they put all of their things that they sell. And she said, you know, God has provided. We just mm -hmm. pray for it to happen. And we take the leap of faith. And she kept telling, she was telling me that the other day, because I was talking about, we have three fourths of an acre where we live right here. And we could put a tiny a, house. That's uh, what I keep saying. Uh, I'm going to do. <laughs> we could do another house back there. It would, that would I mean, the, the place next door to us, they have two houses behind their, their house they've just built. And, um, but we could put like a warehouse back there and that mm -hmm. could be a place for all of our employees to work, or we could mm -hmm. actually do kind of an offshoot of United Partners and do our business because she wants to, she wants us to do well also so that we can help them because we're constantly, mm -hmm. you know, giving them money and the more money we make, the more money they make. And, um, you know, she just said, keep thinking about it. She said, you know, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is true. That is true. Well, what are your biggest hopes for Samuel and for Sammy Socks in the future? Uh, for him to be able to be financially independent mm -hmm. through the special needs trust or through the Sammy Sox expanding. Uh, we continue to try to add new programs to the business and hopefully that the business will continue to grow. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping somebody in our family will say, Hey, maybe I want to work there. Maybe I want to continue it. You know, um, my niece is always looking for a business to start and, I'm hoping that she'll see this as an opportunity 
you know, whenever, whenever the time comes that maybe I should take that over. Mm-hmm. And, um, because then, you know, then it would continue to be what we wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, you could employ more people. I think that's what you said mm-hmm. is your mm-hmm. mission is to be able to provide more employment opportunities for people. I mean, like we've got people Samuel. who I've already said, as soon as you start hiring people, yeah, employees um, in waiting. said, let us know. And, um, of course, these are, these are people Samuel knows. So, and these are people Samuel likes. And I told him that I said, if we hire people, we will try our darndest to hire people that you don't have a problem with. So mm-hmm. you can go to work every day and not have to worry about is somebody a bump me. <laughs> yeah. He does not uh-huh. like to be bumped. Well, um, before we conclude, one of the things I, I w- I'm always curious about is what are Samuel's favorite things? I know you've mentioned he loves prices, right? And he loves, you know, his, his DVDs and his things, but is there something that absolutely brings him the most joy and the most smiles and happiness and, and anything? Is it a place or is clocks. it a thing? What is it? He loves clocks. He's loved clocks. Since really? Tiny, tiny, tiny. His- he has a, he has a, he likes Walmarts and the part of Walmarts he likes is when they make announcements, at least they, years ago, when oh, yeah, they made announcements, the they had some kind of a sound to let you know there's going to be an announcement, like a almost like a train horn. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he would find on the internet, he would find YouTube videos of places that have announcements. And he found this one place. It has it is in Clifton Park, New York. We live in Texas. <laughs> right. We used to go to Clifton Park, New York. So we took, we've been there four times in the last five oh. years traveling in either a car or a RV RV we took last time mm-hmm. stay in hotels on the way up get to the Clifton Park Walmart we have to stop at Walmart's along the way mm-hmm. we have to <laughs> you know record them and check out the videos and and uh, make videos and record the announcements to see if they have the beep he calls it and so he, we've done that and that brings him lots and lots of joy and he's always trying to look for the new place that has a beep and they've recently started to change in fact, the one in Clifton Park, they no longer have that particular beat that he likes. They don't have any kind of announcement. They, they don't right have now. any kind of a public so address they, system. It looks right like now. when they're remodeling, they're changing their announcement system as well. So that's causing them. All he likes of it, but it's, it's, <laughs> you know, he's, he likes things. He has he likes things that are old. He likes VHS tapes, and those are hard to get anymore. He likes mm-hmm. old electronic devices that nobody makes anymore. So we're doing a lot of shopping on eBay because that's where you get them anymore. Right. Um, it's like so Blue's he Clues. Those. He loved Blue's Clues after Blue's Clues was such a big kit. But it's the yeah. one. And Bear in the Big Blue House. And to try mm-hmm. to find him stuff, Bear in the Big Blue House, you know, we had to go to eBay because yeah, it's they already... Don't make them anymore. Yeah, they don't, they don't make yeah. the movies. They don't make the DVDs. You have to get... Usually they're expensive because, you know, nobody has them. Right. And uh, of course... It's- AFV is always prevalent that he wants that, but he's, you know, he liked clocks at an early age. He had a word for clock called Otten and we decided that that was dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and, um, and that's what he called clocks. And so we have clocks all over the house. We have three grandfather clocks. We have clocks on every surface that we can put a clock on. And he also likes those Mr. Christmas carousels. 
And he will play those on a daily basis mm -hmm. while he's looking at every other stuff. You know, he always has that in the background and he knows all the songs. He knows the words to most of the songs and every once in a while he'll sing them, you know, and I'll be surprised because I didn't think he knew the words. And of course he mm -hmm. likes Katy Perry and he knows a lot of her songs. That's quite a mix. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson, Katy Perry. Yeah. The Beach Boys, The, Beach the Boys. Beatles. Well, I love that he has an eclectic but... taste. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Wow. It's just so unique. I, I, that is just one of the perfect descriptions of how unique each of our kids are. Mm -hmm. They might have a similar diagnosis, but that's about where the similarities end sometimes because yep. it's just fascinating. Their minds can, are fascinating. Song matchups, um, mashups, you know, like on the movie. You should be a DJ. <laughs> yeah. And he'll sing a song in the back. He'll be sitting in the back singing a song while a different song is playing on the radio and the two songs go together. You know, they're in this, they're in the same key. They have the same um, uh, time signature and, um, and they fit together. And he'll always say, oh, well, this song sounds like that song or this sound sounds like that song. And, and he's always right. <laughs> wow, that's I cool. wish I could turn that into a money-making thing. Like maybe a consultant on one of these shows that has, that does mashups like that. Because mm -hmm. um, he can do that. He knows. I mean, he can hear it. He can't write it down or anything, but he can hear it. That's quite mm -hmm. a talent. That's how a lot of people, musicians, especially, mm -hmm. that's how they are. They play by ear and they don't, some of them can't even read music. Yep. Um, well, gosh, well, I so appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me and for reaching out and wanting to share Sammy Socks with those of us who weren't aware and um, to share your family story with us. So if people want to connect with you, um, it can be, they can find you on Instagram at Sammy socks, et cetera. Right. Yes. Is that your handle? Yes. And your website is Sammy socks, et cetera.com. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> I want to say it wrong. Yes. Okay. I will link those up in the show notes as well. So people can click on those. And, um, I highly encourage you guys to go out. They have a ton of socks, a ton of different styles or not really styles, but I guess, uh, decoration on the socks and different all different things. So um, I, I highly encourage people to go out and support Sammy Socks. Thank you. So thank, thank you guys you. so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You, okay, too. you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.